0: You're listening to the Lean Six Sigma for Good podcast. We help you learn how Lean and Six Sigma concepts can be applied to nonprofits, NGOs, and not-for-profit organizations. Visit us at LeanSixSigmaForGood.com.
1: Okay, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, depending on where you are. Welcome to our segment here. Uh, Brian and I are both uh, in, uh, we, ha- we have a little team we, we call the Lean Sustainability Team. Thanks to technology, we're on literally on opposite ends of the world, right? <laughs> Brian's in the, in the U.S. and I'm all the way in Singapore. We named our, our team Lean Sustainability because we, we did want it to actually be inclusive of the whole idea of sustainability, right? So not only environmental, uh, but also the social and the economic. Parts, you know, and and only when you have those three components in harmony, do you really have sustainability. And we have uh, a few people on the team that are not. They weren't able to join the the session with us. Uh, you know, Marcelo in Chile, Alistair in in Australia, uh, Bruno's in 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 Brazil, along with Jayandra and a few other people that we're just bringing in. Uh, so part of a movement, and if you want to join that, uh, let us know so we can, we can all you know, learn and, and grow and develop together on this. I don't know about you, Brian, but I counted at least 13 other presentations throughout LGC that have something to do with sustainability, either on the social side and the, or the environmental side, which is really great. A few years ago, there, there wouldn't have been really much. Brian's topic um, blends well with, with the idea of sustainability as a, as an overall theme, because he mentions, you know, environmental and social and bringing those in harmony. So Brian, you know, Brian's amazing. When I, when I started on this journey, I was looking for people that were involved in this and and thinking I'm going to have to, you know, start some tools and stuff. Brian already had resources, tools, website, entire seminars set up. He was doing workshops extremely passionate about lean, but also extremely passionate about sustainability. And one of the most sharing, um, just good people that I know. I mean, some people very protective of materials and stuff like that, Brian is completely opposite. He just wants to share, he wants to see this happen and he wants to be part of it. So I'm just really happy to be able to be the host um, that I can actually introduce you, Brian. With that, we'd love to hear uh, what you have for your segment here. So I'll let you go.
2: Yeah. So I wanted to talk about specific tools. You know, sometimes we talk about the tools aren't that important, right? It's really about the thinking and the principles behind that. And that's where, you know, probably uh, 15 years ago, I got really excited about sustainability and how it could help us address some issues, not issues inside of our companies and organizations, but really societal and environmental. So, and I started with tools, right? Looking at how can I morph this or use this as is to help with that? And some tools fit perfectly nice. And then others have noticed that it does help to have a little bit of tweaks or adjustments or modifications to them. And I think sometimes the tools can help us get started. And eventually we need to get to the point where it's just around the principles of thinking. Because we're going to run into lots of different situations. We might not have a good tool for everything. So um, I think it is important that we kind of have this balance of tactical physical tools and techniques that we can use with better understanding of what are we really trying to accomplish, what's the most important stuff. That kind of leads people into the details of what really matters, respect for people and aligning to goals and things like that. I wanted to walk through some examples of things I've run across or I've used or I've seen that I think could be really helpful for you looking at different challenges we have. I have my own consulting firm, Business Performance Improvement. I spent 18 years in aerospace a company rockwell collins now it's called collins aerospace and that's where i learned a lot about lean and six sigma for the last seven years i've been doing my own consulting now um, getting to work with lots of different organizations so currently we've got you know a lot of these improvements that we're trying to make are based on economic factors like john talked about cash flow inventory quality and defects in our processes customer satisfaction lead time cycle time injuries accidents productivity Those are typically what we see in case studies and because we see a lot of applications of this in for-profit companies, and those are great. And those have positive impacts to environment and social without even trying, they're just kind of side benefits sometimes of these improvements. And so that's great. And we need more of this, of course, but when you step back, kind of look at what's going on around the world. It's hard not to see the wars and conflict and water pollution, political unrest sea level rise, migration happening, people having to leave their homes for various reasons, natural disasters, unemployment, inflation, homelessness, all these different things are going on. How do we shift some of this effort towards these issues? These are the things that actually matter that can make a huge difference. How do we bring link thinking and principles and tools into that discussion? So I wanna show some, examples where you can start to head in this direction a little bit more. And hopefully at the end, you have some thoughts or ideas on how you can get more involved in some of these types of challenges as well. So can lean thinking help? It definitely does, and it can. And we've got lots of examples, and even this conference has got a lot of great examples already of some of these problems being addressed with these tools and methodology. One of my favorite videos is the New York Food Bank, so after Hurricane Sandy they had to distribute food and they were able to increase their capacity from 800 some boxes to 1200. And that allowed them to give more food out to people in need because then before they would often run out of supplies and and food and they'd have to tell people, sorry, we're out. of." And then not only that, but they were able to reduce the time to distribute it. So it used to be a really long line, taking three hours to distribute. Even with 400 more boxes to give out, they were able to cut the time down to 1.2 hours. I got a link there for the video. You can check that out. So that's an awesome project. Second one is uh, AcroFab. They're a company in state of Washington here in the United States. They were looking to improve their productivity as a for-profit business. And through some efforts with their local Department of Ecology, that's in their state, that helps with environmental issues and uh, tries to reduce impacts in the state, along with some lean consultants, they were able to reduce their water usage by almost 70,000 gallons. And that saved them almost $200,000 just by looking at their processes in a new way. And that water can be used for better purposes. There's another video you can check out, Project Cure. They deal with donated medical supplies and equipment. They're a nonprofit organization. And they're based around Houston, Texas. And they had some students from University of Houston come in who were taking a course in lean. And they were able to help them streamline that process, reduce the time by 65%. So they could process them and get them back out. And those supplies would go overseas to organizations that don't have the funds or uh, access to some of these uh, supplies. They talked through what that sorting process looks like, how they changed the layout and the flow. So we've got lots of examples like that every year, there's more and more of these examples coming through. So it's really cool. One of the things that really got me excited about sustainability was I found these EPA toolbooks, and the EPA is Environmental Protection Agency in the US. And they saw that, hey, these things can work and help us work with businesses to reduce their impact, whether it's water, electricity, or chemicals, energy, they started to work with businesses and capture some of these best practices. And they noticed that one thing that you could do is take a value stream map and add in some of these environmental metrics into the data box, right? So you could put in water usage, electricity usage, amount of chemicals consumed or hazardous waste generated, right? And we could bring that forward as an opportunity because that's what we're trying to do with the map is we're trying to expose all the problems so we can see where we need to focus. And without those metrics, we don't know that there are opportunities there in the usage or the efficiency of of those uh, materials or items. You can also use it as part of the lead time and the overall calculation for efficiency is is adding in the total amount of usage. And I found that a lot of those metrics and uh, utility costs and usage are not well known by the teams. They don't know how much energy they consume. They don't know how much water they consume. So a lot of times just bringing that information to them really gets them to be start to be aware of that so there, there's a link there to those uh toolkits where you can see some of these examples then you can do the same thing with electricity usage this time they used it as part of the timeline instead of the time and the lead times and cycle times in the process they switched it and put the usage as the timeline so that's another way you could incorporate that into your mapping you could also look at it from a social standpoint How do we get more diverse candidates into our organization? And not only into the organization, but how do we get them through the organization and into management level? How do we get them into our executive levels? How do we make sure that they have a great experience going through? Because I think a lot of organizations were trying to get more diversity into their organizations, but struggling. And if you look at it from a value stream perspective of, what is the process for someone to go through into an organization, right? There's, it's not just recruitment. You have to hire them in and onboard them and get them through the organization over the years through promotion and coaching and mentoring. And ultimately you hope that they stick around and retire from their organization because they had such a great experience and were enjoying the work that they were doing. That's the value stream, right? But we often look at the piece of recruiting or hiring and we said, let's try to reach out to other communities and uh, candidate pools that we don't normally go after. That's great, but that's only the first step. And we know in a value stream map, we have to optimize for the whole process. And so you can put together a value stream map for the whole process of an employee going through your organization and identify where do we have opportunities to improve that and and become an anti-racist organization. And so Christopher D. Chapman had done a lot of work on this so I've got a link there to his articles that he published on, I think that's on lean.org website. So he's done some really great work to kind of help us look at this from a different perspective. This isn't something we normally would map out in a typical way. I've also found um, a really cool swim lane map that was done to look at crime victims in Miami, close to where I'm living at. When someone reports that they are a victim and they need assistance, How long does that process take? And I think it's taking like seven days for them to get some money so they could get into a secure housing situation and get out of the danger they're in. And they figured out that that's too long, right? There's a lot that can happen in seven days that puts that person at continued risk. And they were able to streamline that process down to I think less than one day, one or two days because they mapped out that process and figure it out how do we get money and assistance into the hands of the people who need it right away as soon as possible to get them out of that da- dangerous situation right? so again the applications of this it's really powerful when we we'll start to look at these other challenges that we have in our local organizations and our society so there's a link to that project that was. Born. you can also take the concept of gamble and apply it to different situations so i've done some activities uh, called treasure hunts or energy walks and the idea is to go around and see firsthand what is the energy usage going on in a building or facility and we can talk about it and look at it but of course the best way is to get a cross-functional team of people together to go around and see what's happening and what we see is people start to ask good questions and learn about how energy is consumed in that facility and how their equipment uses energy and how their processes use it. And they start to notice those things and come up with great ideas to solve that.
0: If you like this topic, please check out the Lean Six Sigma for Good book series with the subtitle, Lessons from La Le Gemba. We now have both volume one and volume two and paperback, ebook and audiobook. Each volume has eight chapters written by different Lean Six Sigma practitioners who have applied their skills to nonprofits, NGOs, not-for-profit organizations, and government agencies. Proceeds from the book sales are split evenly and go to the nonprofit selected by each author. Go to Lean Six Sigma for Good.com or search Amazon for Lean Six Sigma for Good. These books make a great gift for your process improvement team or someone you know who works at a not-for-profit organization
2: also been involved with some dumpster dives if we want to understand what are we throwing away to the landfill the the best way is to go through all the trash rubbish that we have and see what's going into that dumpster and so it's literally uh pulling apart the bags and sorting and categorizing it collecting data to see what is going on and then using that data to prioritize where we can make some reductions and what i found also is sometimes these uh things were thrown away, it flags problems in our process. So not only do we reduce the amount going to the landfill, it exposes problems in our process. Why do we have to throw that away? What is all the time that it takes to to process that particular item? And there's probably some good opportunities there. And then we could look at something else. This one isn't uh, something I've done, but this is the concept that we wanna bring in. Let's say we're tackling youth homelessness. There's an organization, uh, Covenant House, that performs something called a sleep out, where they say you're going to come out and you're going to experience and walk in the shoes of a homeless uh, youth. And you're going to live on the streets for one night. And that's going to gain that empathy for the people suffering and struggling. And you're going to understand better what their challenges are and what needs they have. By going through that experience, and it's not nearly the same experience, but it starts to move us in that direction of walking in the shoes of the people we're trying to help, right? So that concept of gimbal walks can be done uh, many different ways, and there's links to all those to so check those out. Also, uh, got an opportunity to go visit Lighthouse for the Blind up in Seattle, and Brent Weikers was there at the time, and he was working with deaf and blind and deaf-blind workers. The challenges of trying to embed lean principles and thinking into that organization were not easy, right? He had to change some of the tools and approaches that he took, including the training that he was conducting. So on the left, there's an and on light, but for some of their workers, just having the light was not, not good enough. They needed to add vibration. They needed to add sound to it and light and at different levels, like sound levels, much lar- uh, louder than, than what typical. Uh, systems that are built for. And so tweaking and modifying that to make sure that when there's a problem, there's an easier way for them to flag the, the light system and for others to respond and hear it. They also had to change the, the floor markings to make sure that it was more tactile so that you could actually feel the change in the floor. Because most tape is flat and you walk past it, you don't feel a difference when you're stepping on it. But their workers they needed to feel a difference to know that they're up against a aisle or an area that they're not supposed to cross over into and in the training he wanted to help them understand new layouts so he used legos and said here feel the layout this is how we're organized where would you want to put this machine to get the flow to be better and the little small legos might represent people right so how do we communicate these principles in a way that people can understand and make it a a better experience for them to engage them in the process when maybe the standard uh, diagrams don't work. So definitely check that out. Brent's uh, article, he published a chapter in a book I put together called Lean Six Sigma for Good. So he's in the volume one and you can read all the work that he did there. You can also take standard tools and incorporate more green into those. So when you do a 5S, we can add in checklists and things to consider that maybe we haven't always done in the past. So are we including our environment safety and health people? Are we looking at our cleaning supplies and making sure they're most eco-friendly? Are we uh, getting rid of towels and, and wipes and moving to more reusable items? Or looking for eco-friendly tape or low toxic paints? Or asking around before we just buy new stuff, right? Oh, we need some new racks for the to organize our work here. Well, maybe another team doesn't need theirs and let's not have to buy new stuff. I've even saw a, like a yellow tag system that flagged an environmental or a safety type issue. There's a little document there for 10 items or tips for greening up your 5S activities, check that out. Or just your lean event in general, how do we make that more sustainable, right? So when we're going to an event, do we have to print out everything? Can we have digital files, I think we're moving in that direction much more than we were in the past with. Uh, does everything have to be printed? And some things need to be printed, right? And then we can challenge and say, is this something we can print on recycled paper instead of just 100% uh, virgin paper? And then for having a Kaizen event, what does our food look like? Are we ordering from local suppliers, local vendors, local restaurants? And how are we selecting the room? Does it have natural light? Or do we have to have the lights on all the time because the lighting's poor in that area? And can we create a a space that's close to nature that allows people to be more relaxed and and more productive? Things like that to consider when you're having an event. I threw out a couple of different um, ideas to think about. There's lots of examples out there. If you start with the challenge of what is something you're passionate about I went through a list of things at the beginning. Does any of those resonate or really tug on your heartstring a little bit? And what I would ask is if you think that these lean tools and principles can be applied and can help with that, how do you take that next step? Because there's a lot of us who are starting down this path and are been doing this for a little while but we can't see the change that we really need with just a small group of us trying to promote this. We have to get the whole lean community to move in this direction. And so I challenge you, what is your next experiment you can do to see if you can apply these to something a little outside of the traditional applications, outside of the company you work at. So a couple suggestions that I'll give you is, can you look at your organization and say, Do they have a sustainability program? Are they working on some things? Are they collaborating with some NGOs or nonprofits? Can you get involved in that and volunteer or uh, even get paid to go and help some of those organizations that they're supporting and teach them about lean and those principles? If not, can you volunteer some of your free time with a local nonprofit or NGO in your community that you are passionate about and care about? And third, maybe this is the time where you, look at other opportunities and look at your local government, look at political office or start your own nonprofit and apply and bring these principles in to help address one of these challenges, or maybe you have some other ideas, but I think it starts with taking that first step. And I've had different groups I've worked with earlier presentations in this conference were from a group I was involved with called Lean Portland. And that's what we did is we got together with other lean practitioners in Portland, Oregon. We said, these are challenges we want to help with. We know we can be of assistance. How do we do that? And it was taking a first step and reaching out to a local nonprofit and saying, can we help you? This is our skill set. Do you need help with any of these challenges you're dealing with? If you haven't started in this or tried to do any of this type of work, I really challenge you and encourage you to, to take that first step. So, that's my LinkedIn. That's the best way you could probably get a hold of me. Want to reach out and connect?
1: Yeah, great. Thanks a lot, Brian. I mean, that, this is exactly what I was saying, right? So, Brian has so much uh, things he's developed, also curated uh, from other sources, and sharing uh, a lot of that with us, put, put this together just for us at the LGC. Do reach out to us if you want to join, again, this movement or, or want more resources. And, like Brian said, you know, so a lot of us, we're doing projects and because we haven't been measuring this, right? So look at whatever you're doing, but but maybe put on a, a green lens, you know, so then we'll start seeing, oh, wow, there's actually water waste or other energy waste. And then you might actually be saving carbon without even knowing it because we haven't been tracking it, right? So those could all be things you could actually add to your uh, results or some of your projects just by simply measuring. Know?
2: Yeah, I uh, think measuring uh, okay. is a great first step, right? We have to know where we're at. Yeah, you know, I
1: also do sustainability training, right? And I can tell you, the sustainability movement in the world right now, they need guys like us in this community uh, of uh, whether you consider yourself a, a lean expert or, or anything. You know? uh, sustainability is, is still a lot uh, of focus on reporting, on compliance, and there's a perception that it's about uh, you know charity and things, and it's going to automatically be a cost to do that. And what they really need is people that can get things done. Uh, they need problem solvers. They need innovators. They need people that are going to challenge the convention, and show that hey, you know what? There's benefits on the revenue side. There's also benefits on the cost side. You know, and and as you reduce waste and you improve costs and be green and then it's a win-win and then it it winds up being a great thing so i think we got some q a here
2: yeah the question on education yeah so on education i think that's definitely an opportunity there um and it could be just bringing in some of these thinking and tools and knowledge into the schools to teach them this skill set but it's also going to be working with schools to lean out their processes around uh, enrollment and student engagement and making sure that people are efficient at getting uh, the learning that they need, right? And, and making sure that learning is effective, right? So there's a lot of effort, especially at the colleges and universities. I know like uh, University of Michigan has a program where they have a whole department and the University of uh, California, San Diego, UCSD has efforts going on in their schools to try and streamline their operations and how they provide that education to students coming through. So definitely education is one of those other challenges we have. How do we continue to grow and give access to people who need education that aren't getting it today or give them more effective and and practical education that can help them in their lives? So that's a great opportunity there as well.
0: Yeah, so how do you shift
2: from corporate uh, attitude from seeing sustainability as compliance versus the essential way of doing business? And I think it's these... Pilot projects, right? Just like we would do with any kind of lean transformation, as we look to see where is an opportunity we can get started. For me, it was going to my organization at the time. I did some networking and I found out that electricity was our highest cost driver. And I went to them and said, "Have we tried, you know, applying lean or six sigma methods to this? Um, have we done anything where we've studied the data and dug through?" this process versus just throwing out this uh, capital expenses. Oh, we need to add solar. We need to you know, spend a bunch of money. Not necessarily, let's look at the problem first. Let's study the process. That project was very successful and that started some effort to say, there is opportunities here to save money in our organization. And our employees are passionate about this and our customers really wanna know what we're doing. Those are important for business. It lowers turnover and it makes customers more likely to pick you as a supplier. That those are great for business. In addition to the cost savings you can get by reducing your impact and cutting out the waste. But I think the uh, get an early success story and share that I think can be really powerful. I think we're at our time here, but um, yeah, please connect or with John or myself if you have some examples or case studies you know about, I'd uh, love to hear those too so we can spread the word. Like I said, I, you know, I'm not doing all this work. I'm just trying to curate a lot of this so others can find it easily. and We can um, share and learn from each other. Excellent,
1: right. great questions. Um, thanks so much, Brian, for, uh, for addressing those. Like Brian said, do reach out to us if you want to join uh, or if you do have cases. We're sort of in the process of trying to get some cases together and get, and get organized uh, on this. So that would be a great help you know, and, and be part of this whole movement. Do good and improve the business at the same time. It doesn't get any better than that. It really is a win-win. Sometimes we just have to paint that picture for the organization, help them see that. And then once they do, I think they will embrace it. Thanks, everyone, for joining. Thank you so much, Brian, for sharing your experience, spending your time. Great to see the interest in this very important topic. Fantastic. Thanks, Sean. Thanks,
0: Brian. Are you interested in learning more about Lean and Six Sigma? Or are you looking to expand your existing skills to apply them to environmental impacts at your work or in the local community? Check out our free online course called Lean Six Sigma and the Environment on thinkific.com. We'll teach you about the lean forms of waste and waste walks, which stands for water, air emissions, solid waste, toxins, and energy. We'll go over examples of reducing electricity and solid waste, teach you how to involve your facilities and environment safety and health personnel. We'll provide guidance on how to green your 5S and lean Kaizen events and many other tools specific to finding environmental opportunities. Learn more at lean6sigmaenvironment.org.